Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Check it out. Awesome. Good evening, Revive. Okay, like Jamie said, my name is Anna Stegerda. I'm a pastoral intern here, as well as the Hope Sports Coordinator, and I am just really excited to be here tonight and honored to get to spend some time with you all. So there's a lot of familiar faces in this room because I got to get to know some of you at the burnout class earlier this fall and also through Alpha this fall, and there's also a lot of new faces. So overall, I'm really excited to share a little bit of my heart with you all, and I also hope that you feel as though this is a safe place where you can open up your heart and share a little bit of it back. But to get started tonight, we are going to start with an icebreaker. I know you just spoke to the person next to you, but we're going to do it again um, because I've come to revive before not knowing anyone, and I know what that feels like. And I want you to know who you get to be the church with and who you get to do life with because that is so important. So go ahead. What we're going to do, we're going to share our name. You're going to say whether you like snow or sand better. And then what was your favorite gift that you gave or that you received this year? And I'll give you an example. My name's Anna. I love snow. I'm so sad that it's going away. And my favorite gift that I gave this year, I gave my fiance a bag of rubber ducks because he joined the Jeep family. And now he can go leave rubber ducks on people's Jeeps. So go ahead, take a minute and do that. Just take a few more seconds. All right, all right. It already sounds like you guys have a really great connection here. This is awesome. All right, so anyways, thanks for doing that. Um, I think that's really important. But anyways, as we heard from our Bible reading tonight, we're going to be looking at the story of the wise men, which takes place in scripture right after Jesus's birth. And this is perfect because we are in a season right after Jesus's birth. We just celebrated Christmas a few days ago, and maybe you're here thinking, Christmas is over. Uh, I already had like five Christmases this year. I am ready for this season to be over. Maybe it feels extra long because Thanksgiving came so early this year, and that is totally fair. Those are very valid feelings. But I think it's really cool that we get to study the wise men tonight, not because it's necessarily a Christmas story, but because we can study the wise men at any time of the year. We can study the birth of Jesus. We can talk about the birth of Jesus at any time of the year. We can talk about the resurrection of Jesus at any time of the year. They're not just limited to the Christmas season or to Easter 
We can do that at any time. And if we limit it to thinking we can only talk about these things in specific seasons or on one specific day, we'd really be missing out on an awesome relationship with God. And one thing that we should know about the wise men right off the bat is that they didn't limit their expectancy or their celebration of Jesus and God, the King of the Jews, to one day a year or even to one season of their life. They lived day in and day out in expectancy of God showing up in their life and of God doing something amazing. So although God sent them on a few detours, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, he kind of switched up their plans on them, they were expectant of God to show up, and they responded in worship. And because of that, there is so much that we can learn from them tonight. They were some of the first to know who Jesus was and who Jesus was going to be. So when it comes to the wise men, there's these stories that we like to tell supported by our holiday traditions, such as there were exactly three men and they saw this bright, beautiful star in the sky. So they followed it and they were there when Jesus was born in the manger. And they brought these really fancy and valuable gifts. And this is a fine story, but there's also so much more to this story. And that's what we're going to dive into tonight. We're going to dive into the story of the wise men, and we're going to try to figure out what actually led them to Jesus. Was it a star, or was it something more? So we're going to look at the scripture, and when we look at Matthew 2, our scripture for today, verse 1 begins by telling us, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. And two verses in, we can pause because we already have so much information to unravel here. So depending on which translation you read, here at Hope we read the NLT. So we call these men the wise men. But if you read the NIV or the ESV, they're also known as magi. And sometimes when people think of magi or wise men, they think of sorcerers or people who practice black magic. But in the gospel account, in Matthew's gospel account, this isn't true. These men were pious Gentiles who represent those who have been marked and set apart for their superior knowledge and ability. They have superior gifts and talents. And this group specifically had this knowledge and gifts and talents when it came to studying the stars. And I think that we can appreciate how smart and talented someone would have had to been during this time, during 10 to 1 BC, to study the stars. Because today we have apps on our phone like Starwalk. We have these really high-tech telescopes. We have so much at the tip of our fingertips with Googles, with Google, (laughs) and Googles, I don't know. It runs the world. (laughs) I still can't tell you that much about astrology. I still can't tell you that much about the stars. So this group of people was incredibly gifted and incredibly smart in the sense that they had studied, they knew what they were looking for, and then they also didn't doubt when their gifts and their knowledge led them when they saw a star that they believe pointed them to the new king of the Jews. They used their gifts and talents, and then in response, they left their homes, they traveled for a long time. We know they traveled from the east. 
They left everything that they had, maybe their families, because they saw from their studies what they believed was a star and they responded in worship. They didn't want to miss it. They see the star that they believe represents the king of the Jews, the newest leader, so they head to Jerusalem, which totally makes sense because Jerusalem was the center of the Jewish life. The king was there, the temple was there, and can you imagine their surprise when they show up to this place so confident that they got it right and there was no new king in sight? Maybe they had a moment of panic. Maybe they had a moment of, wait, did we get this all wrong? Perhaps they wondered if God was actually showing up in their life, like the way he, they thought he was. Maybe there was a moment when they could have just turned around and went back home. They could have just given up and gone back to the life that they had just left. But instead, they trusted their gifts, and they trusted their God-given talents, and they stayed. And by staying, they gained more knowledge. Because in verse 3, it tells us, when King Herod heard this, that the wise men had arrived, uh, he was disturbed, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And then in verse 5 it says, In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet wrote, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd, who will shepherd my people, Israel. And through these historical accounts and through the king, they learned that the king that they were looking for was born in a town called Bethlehem, which added another at least five miles to their journey. So next in scripture, verse seven, it says, then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them that the time when the star first appeared, and then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. At this point, we see two different reactions when it comes to God's gifts and the birth of Jesus. Yeah, I'm glad some of you know, I'm glad most of us know who that is. That's great. On one hand, we see the wise men who are traveling to see Jesus. They've left everything behind, and they're responding to this new king in a posture of worship, and a new in a posture of wonder. And in a posture of awe, they're willing to travel and leave everything behind. And then we see King Herod, who we know wasn't the best man. And instead of responding to the news of God doing something new and amazing in worship, he responds in fear. And he feels threatened. He feels threatened that there's this new king that's going to come and overthrow his throne. When God broke through and started doing something in their life, there were two responses, curiosity, worship, awe, and wonder, or feeling threatened, fear, trying to gain control. When God breaks into your life, how do you respond? Do you respond in a way of worship? Or do you respond in a way that you want to regain control and you don't want to get too close like King Herod? And I asked a question a little bit ago, what led the wise men to Jesus? And the answer is worship. Worship and trust in who God is. Wonder of what God is going to do. Worship. 
When they had the response and they followed the star and kept going on their journey, they continued to Bethlehem, they got to see something that only a handful of people got to see. And that was Jesus as an infant. And can you imagine that? I'm someone who would like to say, if I lived back then, I totally believe in Jesus. I'd believe in the miracles. I'd believe that he was the son of God. But then there are moments in my life when I am humbled because even today when I have a faith and I know how the story ends, I know that Jesus died on a cross for my sin and overcame and conquered death. Sometimes when God shows up, I still don't respond in worship. I sometimes respond in fear and I hold tightly to some things that I think I can control. So I have a story tonight um, with the wise men. It, it went in a, it's a full circle event here, the story that we're looking at tonight. And so I have a full circle moment in my life too um, that I think is probably gonna help illustrate it. But when I was in middle school, I fell in love with the sport of baseball. And if you're from around here and if you're my age, maybe you remember the Irvindale Little League team gaining some traction when they were making their way to the World Series. And the kids who were on that team were some of my best friends. And I got to watch in my living room and I got to watch them on TV. And I may have been dating one of the players, but it was like sixth grade. So I also know he had other girlfriends, but it was so cool to see them using their gifts on TV. And I loved baseball. I started to learn more about the game. And in high school, I became the manager for the Irvindale baseball team. And by the time I was looking at colleges, I was really starting to see the game differently and really uniquely and really advanced, especially for never even playing it, not being able to throw a baseball. So part of my college search was looking to be a part of a collegiate baseball team, which as a little 100-pound, five-foot-something me, is really humorous when I look back on it, but it was a big dream that I had. I wanted to be a part of a collegiate baseball team. And so around this time, I also started watching college baseball. And in 2012, Baylor Bears, the Baylor University, their baseball team started to get in the news because they were pretty good. Just like I fell in love with baseball in middle school, in high school, I fell in love with Baylor University. And that was where I decided I wanted to go to college to be on the Baylor baseball team. I got accepted into Baylor, and on a college visit, I learned that there wasn't quite a position for me to join the baseball team the way I wanted to. They said I could help with the team's laundry, uh, but they weren't interested in the other gifts that I had. So another opportunity popped up, and I ended up starting college at the University of Sioux Falls, where I also got to work with their baseball team. And then I ended my college at the University of Iowa, where I worked with their baseball team, and I was a part of a team that won a Big Ten championship, and that was so cool. And after college, I started to look at seminary. So one day, I googled sports ministry programs graduate level, and there was one school in the country that offered this program. So can you guess where I ended up going to grad school? Baylor. And all three years of grad school, um, I was the head manager of the Baylor Bears baseball team. And it was one of the greatest gifts of my life with some of the coolest experiences. And maybe you're here and you're like, I don't really care about baseball, and that's fine. Or you're like, I don't like sports, and that's fine. But take my word for it, when I say it was a cool experience, and what's even cooler is when I thought I knew where I was supposed to go, and God redirected me. 
And I can look back on that and see a full circle moment. Just like the wise men thought they knew they were supposed to go to Jerusalem. And it wasn't that they were wrong. They just had to go a little bit farther to Bethlehem. It wasn't that Baylor was wrong. I just had the timing wrong. I had to make a few other stops before I got there. When I didn't have control of the situation where I really wanted to use my gifts and my talents and passions, I could have given up. I could have said, this is dumb. I don't want anything to do with this anymore. But instead, my path was just redirected and I kept at it, just like the wise men. Their path was just redirected and they trusted their gifts. They trusted their talents. They trusted their knowledge and experience and they just kept going. I don't want you to hear, so that, to hear me say that I casually just switched up my plan because it wasn't that. I was in high school, so it was a major heartbreak. Uh, I thought I had it right at first, but God showed up in that moment and he just took me down a different path. And when God steps into our lives and does something unexpected, we go back to the question of how do you respond? I don't always respond like the wise men. Actually, more often than not, I do respond like King Herod. When God stepped into the wise men's life and made the star that I can only imagine was so bright and so beautiful, it twinkled at just the right times. It was placed in the perfect position in the sky. It had the right rotation that it caught their eye. It did something amazing when God showed up and they responded with worship by setting on their own way to go meet the newborn king. Responding in worship is not always easy. But there are three things that led the wise men to Jesus Christ and helped them continue to respond in worship even when their path was redirected. And we can look at how they responded and then we can also use these three things in our life when God shows up and does something kind of crazy. Um, three things so that we can also learn to have a posture of worship and awe to Jesus. So the first thing that we can learn from them is that all are welcome to worship Jesus. The wise men, like I said earlier, they were Gentiles. That means they were outsiders. They were not priests. They were not rich and successful members of their community. They were outsiders. But that didn't stop them, and actually God invited them specifically by giving them this star to be in relationship with Jesus and to worship him. Time and time again in the Gospels, we see that Jesus is for the outsiders. Jesus is here for those whose society often says no to, whether it's women or children or the poor or those with sickness or illness. Jesus Christ welcomes them with open arms. And who knows how far the wise men actually had to travel to get to Bethlehem. Who knows how far you have traveled to get here tonight, whether it's Des Moines or hope as a physical place, or who knows how far you've had to travel to get to this point in your faith. You are welcome here. And even when Jesus was laying in a humble manger, all were welcome to worship him. When I was first trying to go to Baylor, I was an outsider. Obviously, I was a girl, and I was from Iowa, and the answer at first was no. But then later, it became yes. And as an infant in the manger, Jesus was an outsider, and societally, economically, occupationally, the answer for him was no. But later it became yes. The wise men were welcome in the manger to worship him because God came to earth as flesh, and we can't miss this opportunity to worship him either.
So the second thing that we can learn from the wise men is that they never traveled alone. They didn't handle God's unexpected life curveballs or God's change of directions for their life alone. Whether it was three of them or more than three, we can't be sure. They studied the sky together. They made the collective decision to travel to Jerusalem together. And then they made the collective decision to continue to travel to Bethlehem together. They kept each other in a posture of worship of who God is, perhaps even when they felt defeated. I wanted you to introduce yourself to each other tonight because it is so important to know that you never have to travel alone. As people are seeking Jesus in this life, we are not called to do it alone. God has placed other people in, on this earth, in this church, and in this room so that you, whatever road you may be traveling on or whatever roadblock you may be experiencing, you don't have to do it alone. And when you get to a point that you're tired and that you're weary or you feel lost or you feel confused, you don't know where Jesus is in your life anymore, you've lost sight of that star and you don't know where to go, invite other people in no matter how scary it is. Because hope is such a unique place, specifically hope is such a unique place because there are people here, whether it's people in this room, whether it's volunteers and staff who desire to do life with you. And when you can't walk anymore, they will literally pick you up and carry you. And when you don't have the words to pray anymore, they will pray for guidance and direction in your life for you. When the wise men came to Jerusalem and, they wanted, and what they wanted wasn't there, they had each other to keep going. And then they didn't do it alone. They didn't seek this life and the gift of Jesus alone. And neither should we. And the third thing that we can learn from the wise men is when God shows up in a new and crazy way, they use their gifts to glorify God. They use their gifts of knowledge and experience. They use the things that God have given them to go towards Jerusalem and to go towards Bethlehem. And then when they met Jesus, they also used the physical gifts of frankincense, myrrh, and gold to worship God. Some people are caught in the thought process that we only worship here in the church building or we only actually worship when there's music playing. And that is not true because God has given you gifts and you talents to worship him in no matter what you do. If you're in a conversation with someone and your gift is encouragement or your gift is listening, you can use that in that conversation to worship God. Or if you like to read, because not everyone likes to read, I've learned, um, you can use that gift to worship God by opening up your library and maybe looking at books where you can learn more about who God is and God's love. If you have a gift and a talent of singing, there's a place for you to sing on stage, but there's also a place for you to sing in the car or in the shower. And that's where I'll keep those gifts at. But <laughs> we, can, we can use our gifts and our talents to worship God no matter what we're doing or where we're at. At Baylor, I got to use my gifts of learning and learning the game and the ins and outs of it as a graduate student to make relationships with athletes, coaches, and other managers. And specifically as a seminary student at Baylor, I got to share Jesus with so many people. And those little conversations probably wouldn't have happened if that was my first stop. God redirected my path and helped me to keep going towards him so that I got to experience him in a whole new way. In a way that set me up for this new position that I'm in at Hope as a sports coordinator, which is such a blessing. But I couldn't have written this story any better myself. 
And even when I didn't trust God, I can look back and say, he knew exactly what he was doing. So when Jesus shows up as the light of the world and as a star in your life, guiding you towards something new or towards something different, something unexpected or something more, how do you respond? When Jesus leaves you wondering what is going on in your life, what leads you to Jesus in these moments, especially when things aren't quite what you expected? What keeps you going towards Jesus when you've been traveling for a really long time? In these moments of wonder, the wise men teach us that Jesus welcomes us. No matter where we've come from or how far we've traveled, God makes a way because Jesus wants to be in relationship with you and there is nothing more that he wants. We also learned that we don't have to travel alone and we shouldn't be traveling alone because we are better together. And finally, we learned that our gifts and our talents unique to us can be used to glorify God. I am the only Anna Stegerda, maybe not by name, but I'm the only Anna Stegerda with my gifts, talents, and God made me intricately and he knew what he was doing. You are the only you with your gifts and with your talents and with your passions, and God wove you so intricately together. So use those things to worship him because we don't wanna miss the greatest gift and the greatest opportunity to worship Jesus in our life. So when you're at a point where you've had the option to respond to Jesus, either as a threat and in fear, or as an act of worship, I hope that you choose the latter. I hope that we learn from the wise men that Jesus is not a threat and that God is not big and scary, but God wants the best for us. And Jesus came to earth humbly as an infant in a manger to be in relationship with you. So to finish up the story that we're looking at tonight, in verse 10, it says, the star went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down to worship him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to believe, to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. At the end of the story, we see one more detour. It's like God is trying to tell us something. Through a dream, they were sent on another route. Maybe you're in a season where things haven't gone as planned as much as you would like. Maybe you're worn down. And then lean on this group here at Revive. Find a way to worship God because you are not alone and God sees you and God hears you. And although it's easier said than done, just keep going. Keep traveling, even if it feels like you've lost your way. At the end of the scripture today, we see that when it all came together for the wise men, when they found Jesus and all the things came together, they were filled with joy and they worshiped him. They gave him their gifts and they gave him all that they had. And what a beautiful sight. This story isn't just a story for Christmas time. It's a story for life because God is going to always throw unexpected things in our way. And Jesus is always gonna show up in unexpected ways. What kept the wise men going towards Jesus was each other, was trusting the gifts and the talents that they had, and was knowing that no matter who they were, they were going to be welcome. And I wanna invite you to let these things keep you going towards Jesus too.
Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.